Hello and welcome to the Worker Placement Blog Podcast, the gaming podcast that's recorded while I drive to work. I am your host, Jake Talapic. It's Friday, and if you are in the Chicagoland area like I am, you are seeing a snowstorm. Yeah, that's right. We had a big snowstorm last night. Got about, I would say, maybe six inches, five inches. It wasn't as much as they said it was going to be. Now, they did say that it's supposed to continue on to tonight, as you can hear. I am still going to work. You can hear my wiper blades uh, as they go off. And we'll be taking it nice and slow. So I thought we'd do a kind of new... Uh, episode concept should be kind of fun, where we basically can concept a game right here, right now on the spot. Spend about 15 minutes coming up with the concept of a game. Uh, this will be a board game uh, because that's kind of my area of expertise. Uh, but we're going to talk about what uh, mechanisms or mechanics would go into a game utilizing this particular theme. And the theme today is going to be inspired by the current events going on in my weather here. Of course, I have the plow behind me right now. That's that's always the best place for the snow plow. For our listeners who don't know what snow is, when water gets cold, it it becomes a solid. I know it's it's a weird concept for some people, especially if you live in the uh, you know the Texas or uh, uh, Florida areas. So, um, anyways, snow is everywhere. And I figured let's concept a game where players are trying to run their own snowplow companies through a winter season. Okay, so what is this game going to look like? Well, we've got a couple elements because we've got to include things that prop up our theme. That's, that's important. We want our theme to be highlighted by our mechanisms. So what's going to be happening in the game? Well, let's let's think about what happens with a snowplow company. All right, um, you've got trucks, you've got salt, you've got workers. You've got to buy and pay for these things at some point, okay? And you also have to get contracts of things to plow. You have to bid on these contracts of things to plow, but. Snow is not reliable. Weather is not reliable. You don't know exactly how much things are going to snow and in what areas or for how long. So the game has a little bit of a press your luck element with kind of what is the snow actually going to do. Um, I'm going to put my window down here because it's a little foggy so I can see. I hope I didn't just get stuck. I may have. Looks like we're going to have to plow through this snow here. Hold on a second. And we're through. All right. Woo. Fun. Love driving in the snow. Some of you might be saying, oh, isn't it dangerous to be trying to host a podcast while, uh, you know, driving in snow? Yeah, probably. But I'm here for your entertainment. And, uh, you know, I've, I have several, several years of experience driving in the snow, and I'm not a weenie. So, there you go. So, we're over that snowbank. Now, we've got to uh, 
integrate some kind of press your luck element for the snow, as well as stocking up on supplies, hiring the right amount of guys, not buying too many trucks, all right? So we're looking at somewhat of a resource management game where the resources you're going to be applying, uh, you know, they, uh, they're they variable. You don't know exactly how much you're going to need. Plus, maybe we throw in a little bit of a uh, responsive element where there's companies that don't hire. So when the snowstorm hits, there's kind of last second deals that maybe have better rates on them. Uh, but you didn't you didn't know how much there was going to be and plan for them, so you've got these other contracts you have to fill because maybe you get a better bureau better business bureau rating at the end of the round. Maybe you do maybe we do like five winters or something like that, and uh, you know each each winter is three months, and each month has the opportunity for two snows or something like that. All right, so so now we're talking. We've got the kind of the core concepts. We got the feels we're trying to hit. So what mechanisms are going to fit into a game like this? All right, so let's think about this. Well, we obviously have resource management. We've got trucks, okay? And let's say that a truck can clear, you know, X amount of square feet of snow uh, an hour, all right? And let's say it can handle up to 18 inches, Maybe we don't even uh, do do inches of snow. Maybe that's uh, too much of a mechanic to try and manage, you know. Uh, or or maybe we just say heavy and light snowfall. So salt can take care of light snowfall, but it, only trucks can take care of heavy snowfall. So now we've got something going on here. We've got a dynamic to the snow. All right, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. We don't know yet. We haven't we haven't tried it. We're just talking out ideas. So we've got heavy and light snow. We've got salt. We've got trucks. Let's not worry about fuel. I don't think that that's, uh, you know, that's something we should worry about. Let's worry more about workers. Let's say that the workers can only work, you know, uh, one, you know, one shift and then they have to take two shifts off. All right. So let's say each, uh, each snowstorm that comes up has a random amount of shifts that it's going to snow for and each shift uh can can have heavy or light snowfall all right and if you run a truck and the next shift is a light snowfall and you put salt down then you've covered it you don't need to run the truck for the next shift all right so now we've got some ooh we've got some interesting mechanics going on here all right so uh you know if you if you're able to kind of time your truck usage, right, you can have less employees. Because remember, you can use different employees on a truck. Uh, they're just a burnable resource. The truck will just keep running, all right? Let's say that we can say that maybe trucks don't break down, all right? At least in this initial version, let's not work in the fact that trucks will break down because that will inevitably happen in real life. But this isn't real life. This is a board game. Okay, so snow is going to come. We're going to have six potential snows. In a year, we'll play five years, okay? So that's 30 potential snows, all right? Everybody starts with a certain amount of money, okay? We'll just do, do it nice, easy, rounded in, say, $100 increments or something like that, all right? And you buy trucks, 
which are probably the most expensive item. Then you buy workers, which you have to retain workers, all right? But you also pay them when they work. So they're like a two-phase pay system, okay? And then you have salt, which is just a static resource that uh, when you buy it, you've got it, and it doesn't go bad, and you can, you can have it forever, all right? Uh, if you have salt at the end of a year, you have to pay to store that salt, maybe. How's that? So there's a little bit of a punishment of buying too much salt. So we've got our, our mechanisms in place for how we're handling, you know, the, the snow season. So how do we get contracts? All right, so let's talk about contracts. So maybe contracts come up in a bid row and one mechanism so I've never talked about this game on the podcast before but it's a game called Power Grid it's a very popular game and I don't really like it I, it's just it doesn't scratch my itches okay it's not a bad game I think that mechanically it's actually a phenomenal game it's got a lot going on it's very cool I just don't like it so that's personally me okay but in the game there's an element that I really do enjoy and it's this um, it's this bidding mechanic where uh, contracts come out, okay, or these are power plants come out, and they allow you to burn your fuels at a more effective rate, and so you need to buy these. You get to buy one every round. However, the price of these is not set, all right? The players kind of bid them up, and then once you buy one, you're out. So the last person who's left bidding gets kind of the the best deal but the last pick all right so and it's very possible that a good contract could come out last second all right so uh so let's say that we do that all right so we do two you get to do two rounds of contract bidding all right and then in between seasons you can retain contracts if you wish okay but Unfilled contracts uh, cost you, okay? Unfilled contracts cost you. And we, we, we could say that, you know, they need to be open so many shifts, but I'm going to say you have to, you have to keep it clear every single shift just because we don't want to complicate the game too much. So every shift you have to clear the responsible areas for your contracts. So we've gotten, you know, or maybe it's just one contract every... Um, every month. Okay, so we'll do two potential snows and then a contract phase. Ooh, I like this. This is getting this is getting some levels to it, okay? And then on each snowfall, okay? Any contracts that didn't get bid on are going to get a random multiplier and somebody can decide to cover those. All right. If uh, you know, if they want to. And maybe we do that in like a, um, the person with the most trucks because they're kind of the most prolific um, person gets to bid first on those. Maybe maybe that's the best way. Because remember, the more trucks you have, the more employees you have, that you got to keep on retainer to man those trucks. Uh, so... Yeah, I think that that's probably a good place to start. Maybe there's a better way to do it, but we'll stick with this idea for now, that the person with the most trucks gets the, the first dibs, um, and then uh, so on and so forth down 
the multiplier. Okay, so now we've kind of got how the game is going to go. So the way the game will work is it'll be the beginning of the first month. Contracts will come out. Okay, you can, you'll get one, and then you'll do potentially two snows. And then another contract, if you want, and two more snows, and potential two more snows. And we'll do that, maybe we'll do three years, because that seems like that might get tedious. All right, so we'll cut it down to three years for now and say that. So how does the snow going to work? Well, I think what we should do is maybe go with some dice rolling, okay? We'll, we'll have maybe a green die, a yellow die, and a red die for, uh, for snowfall. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a series of those dice. And then the forecast will come up and it will show you, uh, the, the amount of potential shifts. So let's say it's going to run for three shifts. Okay. But there is a shift modifier die that could get rolled. All right. So let's say that it says three shifts plus one modifier die. So that modifier die, when you roll it, will add one more shift potentially up to four shifts and it will tell you the difficulty of that shift. All right. And it's got like a Let's say it's got a a 50% chance of not adding a shift, a 33% chance of adding a light shift, and a, uh, it was at, was the last, uh, 18% chance of doing a heavy, uh, it's one side of the die, an 18% chance of doing a heavy, uh, shift. All right. I think that that's fair. And then the card can add any number of dice. Okay. So I think that that's, uh, that's probably a good, at least a good place to start. Remember, we're not trying to make the game. We're just trying to conceptualize what this game looks like. Okay, so I think we got it. I, th- I think that that's, that's the game, all right? And then maybe players can sell trucks or, or loan trucks to each other um, or loan workers maybe. Uh, I think that might be in- an interesting mechanism to explore, so yeah, we, we've kind of come up with this uh, snowplow game, you know, right here on the drive to work. Not too shabby. And I haven't crashed, and, uh, you know, there's still snow on the ground. So everything is pretty good. That's kind of fun exercise. I think we'll do that more often. Um, if you want to make this game, uh, hit me up. You know, let's talk about it. I'd love to see uh, some of these concepts get fleshed out. I'm probably not going to take the time to do it because I've got other things on my plate. But if you feel inspired, I would love people to feel inspired to make games. That's one of the reasons this blog podcast exists is to help people become inspired to make games. So hit me up. I've got tons of resources I can point you at. I would love to help play test it and uh, talk, talk about it. Yeah, so... If you want to do that, hit me up at TLAP on Twitter, Jake Tlapic on Instagram, or you can go to www.tlap.com. That's T-E-E-L-A-P.com. And listen to all the episodes and leave comments. And you can also email me there, too. So if that's something you want to talk about, let's do it. All right? 
great episode today. Super fun. I enjoyed talking about this concept. I think it could be a lot of fun. Uh, It's Friday, so it's the weekend tomorrow, so no episodes until Monday. I... Oh, I need to get that in the mail. I need to get... I... A little bit of news update. I... My... I'm... I'm retiring from the Razer Naga. It's a mouse I've been using for a long time. I've used several different iterations and editions of it. And... I I just... um, I've been annoyed with it too much. The right click on this... I have the Razer Naga Chrome Epic. It's like the nicest most expensive mouse you can get from Razer. And I got it in August, and the right click is already gone. It's broken. Like, so here's what happens. If I hold right click down, and I move the mouse, it actually releases the right click. Which is really annoying in certain situations. Especially when I'm playing, like, first-person shooters, and I'm trying to aim down the sights, and I'm not a toggle to aim... I'm a hold-to-aim kind of person, so it just, it, it, I'm fed up with it. It's so annoying. Plus, the original Naga Mouse was amazingly designed. It was a lot smaller, and they kind of beefed up the chromas. And even the uh, recent Naga, they just beefed them up and made them fatter. And I have very tiny hands, so that original tiny egg shape was phenomenal, but now it's kind of this, you know, bigger, bulbous shape, and it just doesn't fit my hands, so... I have since retired my Razer Naga Mouse. It was the final Razer product I had. I'm sorry, Razer. Now, that's not true because they're giving me store credit and I'll be getting a new stream box because I realized that my old stream box actually pixelates my screen, which is weird because it's a pure pass-through. So why it would do that, I don't know, but it's actually pixelating my screen. Uh, it's like it's like doing a down-step resolution Something I don't know. It's very weird. So I'll be putting that over onto my Switch because that doesn't matter nearly as much as, you know, precision gaming on my PC. And then I'm going to be getting Razer's Streambox uh, to supplement my setup. So I do need to get that going. I'm going to get that in the mail this weekend probably. I just haven't had a chance. So looking forward to getting that all set up. And I really still need a power line adapter so that I can get my stream to be consistent because right now I have to stream over Wi-Fi and it's just inconsistent. That's all I can say about it. So anyways, let's talk about, uh, you know, Plow Force or whatever we want to call the, the game that we just made up and have a great weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. I know I'm going to have a good weekend and see you next week. Until then, oh my gosh, game bag. I have, I have, I've game bag tonight. I've game night tonight. My goodness. Um, there's not really anything new in my game bag that you, we haven't talked about before. Um, but I will briefly mention, uh, Shadows Over Camelot, which I think is probably going to hit the table tonight. Shadows Over Camelot is a semi-cooperative game where one player is a traitor and you're playing as the Knights of the Round Table to defeat the forces of Mordred, who are trying to destroy Camelot. And so it, it's really a game of paper cuts. So the game works like this. On your turn, you draw a bad card, and then a bad thing happens. And usually the bad thing is just like, uh, ugh, like, why? Please stop. But it's just, 
It's an avalanche you can't hold back. And then you get to do one little good thing. The problem is that you have a limited hand of cards and you have to spend actions to go get cards. So <laughs> the game really is punishing to win. I mean, I lose this game way more than I win, but it's fun. It's fun. And there's a traitor, which I have to say, of all the games that I've ever played with a traitor element in it, this is by far the easiest one to win as the traitor. Because if the traitor isn't defeated by the end of the game, they flip two of the white swords. You're trying to collect these white swords as the good guys on the round table. And the game ends when the round table is full. And if you have more white swords than black swords, you win. However, if you didn't catch a traitor, because there may or may not actually be a traitor. If you don't catch the traitor, he gets to flip two of the white swords to black swords. So, <laughs> he really doesn't have to do much in the game, except maybe sabotage one or two missions a little bit. And, um, yeah. So, anyways, good game. Worth checking out. That's in my game bag. I've also got a bunch of the usual suspects. I talked about Mysterium on Wednesday. And uh, No Siesta in the Networks. Bang the Dice game. I don't think I've talked about Bang the Dice game, but it's a quick little game. Uh, yeah. So I took took a couple of the bigger games out of my car. I'm going to do Fury of Dracula, I think, next week for a breakdown. Because that's my favorite game ever. And I haven't done that breakdown yet. And I've played, like, a hundred games of that. So, we should talk about it. Anyways, until next week, remember to play games. And most importantly, have fun. Bye, friends.